Sweet. Pretty, pretty good. Does it say... Real cute. Did, it didn't say podcast. It didn't matter. It didn't have to. It said heart. Okay. Do you get it? Oh, because our guest today... Our guest is Tom Hart. Tom Hart. Clap. We're clapping. Yeah, we're yeah, we're adding in claps now. I know. He's not even here. It's just us. But yeah, we're, he we're clapping. He That's left because so he, love him. He left because he had another podcast he had to go be a guest on. At his church. It was his son's basketball coach's podcast. Yeah, and the recording of the church. Yeah, so y'all better not listen to that one. Don't. This Ours only. All the Tom Hart you'll ever need is contained in this episode. In case you've been living under a rock or out from under a rock without ESPN, Tom Hart is a television announcer for ESPN. Yeah. He's a former field reporter for the Braves. Uh, he also calls college football and basketball for the ESPN family of networks. He's done Big Ten Network stuff, College World Series. He is just a sports caster. Just a fantastic voice also. Oh, just butter. You think when he's at the grocery store and they're like, would you like to donate to extra six cents to this dumb charity or whatever? And then he says, no, thank you. Then they're just like, whoa, are you on TV? Because even if you don't recognize his voice, you're like, that guy's probably on TV. Mm-hmm. He's kind of guy that if, uh, if he called me to sell me something... I'd give him an extra few seconds. You know what I mean? I'd ask a question just to hear him talk some more. Let's hear him out. Yeah. Yeah. He's good. He's a good talker, and he talked with us, so you guys will really like it. Yeah, I, I loved him as a Braves reporter, and now I'll just be at a restaurant and see him pop up on TV all the time. Yep. Great stories from the the good times and the bad times doing that job, and uh, really enjoyed speaking with him. Yep, and uh, towards the end, we talked about some current event stuff. We talked about the whole Will Smith-Chris Rock fiasco. Yeah, if you want our strong opinions on that, you're going to have to listen to the whole episode because it's right at the end. Absolutely. Uh, my my trivia team name last night was The Pursuit of Slappiness. <laughs> Obligatory. <laughs> How'd you guys perform? Bad. Real bad. Didn't place. But the name had a good pun. Did, it, that's get, what did it get a laugh it got in a the laugh. room? It got a laugh. That's almost like winning. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's that's what I go for. Did it get the biggest laugh of all the names that were announced? Uh, I think so. Well, Bruce Willith always gets a good laugh. Bruce Willith? Uh-huh. <laughs> that's it's never not funny. But yeah. Okay. Before we get to our interview with Mr. Tom Hart, um, we do have an advertisement. Oh, yeah. Let's do that. It is. Uh, I believe it's sports themed, which which works out. That's funny how that always seems to work. Do you love the game of football but worry about the long-term effects of constant head trauma suffered by the players? I do. Do you want to watch your favorite team without introducing your children to such violence week in and week out? 100%. Well, you're in luck. Allow me to introduce you to the KFL, the Kindness Football League. Oh. Interest in the NFL is fading, and the XFL fails every 10 years. Is that because people hate the sport? No, they just hate violence. 
In the KFL, there's no tackling, only hugging. You must wrap your hands fully around your opponent, pull them close, and tell them their father is proud of them to consider them down. Before entering the end zone, players must turn and ask the nearest defender if it's all right to score. The defender must say yes, because no means no. We're excited to introduce the beautiful sport of football to brand new markets. A few of the teams making their debut during the inaugural season are the Birmingham Boo Bears, the Spokane Smooches, the Honolulu Honey Buns, the Des Moines Daffodils, the El Paso Encouragers, the San Jose Sweetie Pies, the Washington Whoopsie Daisies, and the Scottsdale Snookums. Sometimes players do make mistakes. If players aren't careful, they might incur a penalty for their team. Penalties include illegal passive aggressiveness, failure to encourage, or not enough kissing. Trade CTE for C-U-T-I-E this fall with the KFL. I cannot wait. I'm a big fan of the uh, Spokane Snookums. The Snookums, you know, they're probably going to take it all this season. Uh, they're the best kissers. With consent. With consent. Of course. Obviously. Obviously. Most of the game is consent for what your intentions are. Of course. Yeah. Um, I, that's great. I'm excited to see the uniforms. I'd imagine they'll be floral. A lot of, a lot of floral. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of just padding. Extra padding. Yeah. You just kind of... Just basically pillows just duct taped around abdomens. Halfway through that one, <laughs> I was like... This could get picked up by some alt right website and be like, "This is what like, did you hear? culture is trying to turn our sports into." This is what they want. Yeah. Are we going to let them give us what they want? It's just a joke. I love CTE. Yeah, I mean CTE. <laughs> Big CTE fan. You can't create a successful sport without breaking a couple's skulls. The good part of CTE is like I would love something to blame. You could just just <laughs> something to blame, you know what I mean? Just like yeah, I you know I got like, that I've, mixed up because of uh, I played football. It's like surely I had some head trauma that I'm I I blacked out on and now I don't remember it. Right? We've, we've all bonked our heads enough to blame it. No way I am this way just without head trauma. Yeah, I mean I'm sure we. The thing about head trauma is oftentimes it makes you forget things hey. like head trauma. Boom. So we can all just assume we forgot the head trauma we've had and then blame everything on our forgotten trauma. Thank you, Andrew. So, just a little tidbit here in the intro for everybody. Is there anything you want to talk about? Oh, you got a big day tomorrow. A big day tomorrow. Wait, uh, uh, Friday. Friday. Uh, yeah, I. Uh, for those of you listening to this on the day it comes out on Friday, I'm going to be at the Cobb Energy Performing Arts Center, Arts Center opening for David Spade. Heard of him. So, you know, but when people hear my comedy, most of the time, they usually come up to me after and go, oh, you know who you'd be perfect to open yeah, for? Yeah. Dude, you're like Joe Dirt on stage. Is David Spade. Uh, so very excited to do that. Kind of came together last minute. Yeah. Are you are you a big Spade head? I mean, I, I Tommy Boy is one of my favorite movies of all time. For David Spade, specifically. That's your favorite actor. <laughs> I mean, you can't quite put him number one in that <laughs> yeah, movie, yeah. but number two, followed closely by Rob Lowe. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and that's probably the only actors I could name from it. I mean, David Spade, Chris Farley, Adam Sandler were our heroes growing up. And also, David Spade, very good friends with Chris Rock, so maybe I'll get some inside information oh, on the whole slap situation. Huge. Are you going to ask David to be on the pod? Yeah, I'll probably, first thing, say, hey... Mr. Spade, I know this is the first you're even hearing my name right now as I'm telling it to you, and we'll probably be able to talk for five minutes tonight, but would you like to spend a couple of hours with me and my friend at my house later? Mm-hmm. 
So I'll let you know what he says. I'll be on call. Yeah, should be good. Uh, the ticket, it's sold out. Right? It's been sold out for a while. Uh, no, there's actually kind of a bunch of tickets available. Oh. So would love for some of our listeners to come. So this is going to come out Thursday. If you're listening to this, it's probably a Thursday. Yeah. Um, if you're in the Atlanta area or around, yeah, you can go. It's Friday night. Tickets available. I'm doing 10 to 12 minutes. Huge. Is it just you than him? As far as I know. Just Amazing. Us. Just me and my best friend, David. <laughs> so should be good. Uh, my mom was like, should we come? And I was like, I don't think David, sp- he requested a clean opener, but I think that's because he wants contrast, not because he's turned a new leaf. Yeah, 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 yeah. So probably not going to be a clean show. I'll be clean. If I don't want the podcast and invite him to church on Sunday. Yeah. I think he has a show the next night somewhere else, but maybe he'll cancel it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would you rather go to that show or heaven? Yeah. Yeah. Heaven's a lot better than Jacksonville. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I've been having fun shows, but done a couple homeschool conventions since we last talked. Great. Those are always weird and fun and interesting. Uh, did a show the other night at a private birthday party for just a guy whose wife wanted to surprise him with some stand up. Oh. And it was about 20 of them. And it actually ended up being really fun. But it was in a private room at this nice restaurant. But they didn't want me till after dinner. So I ended up just sitting in this restaurant for an hour waiting for them to want me in the private room. And I I was sitting at the bar. And a guy came and sat down next to me and starts talking. He's kind of belligerent. But he starts talking to the bartenders and going, do you guys have martinis? And the bartender's like, yeah, this is like a very nice bar. And he goes, this is going to be my first drink in seven years. And I was sitting next to him, and I was like, do I have a responsibility here to try to stop this guy from... Yeah. And uh, he ordered a martini and a IPA to go together. So I kind did of... He, believe- did he mix them like a suicide? Uh, he never mixed them All right. that I saw. But then we talked for about 20 minutes, and then somebody came to get me, like, we're ready for you. And he was like, who are you? <laughs> and I was like, I'm a comedian. He goes, what? And I was like, yeah, I'm about to go tell them all the weird stuff you just told me about your different wives you've had. Yeah. And so I did, and it went great. Well, very fun. Yeah, so You're weird, weird it, week of shows. Comedian slash enabler. Yeah, I went from homeschool convention to watching a guy fall off the wagon and then performing to a group of drunk people and a guy who's, for his birthday, got surprised with just some guy doing stand-up comedy. He wasn't a fan of yours or anything. I know. I think his wife just wanted a comedian. If you get surprised with a comedian you love, that's one thing. Yeah, but I was. it was like... It went well, thankfully, but it was going to be 35 minutes no matter what, because that's what I got hired to do. So I was like, what a nightmare for this guy if he doesn't like it. And then at his birthday, where he'd rather just be talking to all his friends that are here, he has to just listen to this 29-year-old be like, I was homeschooled. What was his birthday? Was he like 60? 60. Oh. Yeah. Doug. Doug. Shout out Doug. Very cool guy. He's a cool six-year-old. He can party. Cool six-year-old. He owns his own spinal implant facility. Uh huh. He does spinal implants. Is that if you, you just want like voluptuous, eye-catching spines? You get you get implants. Yeah. If you kind of if you want people to really notice your spine more, uh-huh. you go to him and he gives you a nice spinal implant. Interesting. That's my understanding. Got it. Which is limited. <laughs> um. So shout out to Doug. Happy birthday. Yeah, I'm not like a butt. Thanks guy. for hiring me. I'm not me. a butt guy. I'm a I'm a spine guy. More of a spine man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's yeah. let's move on. No scoliosis. Hose. Hey, enough enough spine talk. Let's talk about hearts. Okay. <laughs> uh, specifically, one heart. His first name is Tom. You are gonna love him. Please enjoy this conversation with Tom Hart. No worries, if not. No worries, if not. 
Tom Hart, welcome to No Worries If Not. How you doing? I'm, I'm great. I did not know this was going to be videotaped. It feels a little bit like a deposition. Yep. So I'm curious, pre-intro, I'm not here, and then post-intro, I just populate the chair? Is that That's how it absolutely works? it, yeah. What did you know about this podcast? I just said the name. You didn't know the name, did you? Did you say the name? Yeah, no the worries if not. Oh, I thought the name was called Tom Hart Welcome. <laughs> Tom Hart Welcome. Yeah, that's pretty good. I yeah. am a uh, loyal listener, mm -hmm. Bill. I appreciate all your work. Great. Yeah. Uh, this is the second podcast of mine you've been on. It is. We've we've upped our game a little bit, you can tell. Right? We're not in a leaky basement. Nope. <laughs> you guys used to do it in a basement? We did. We were at my basement in Buckhead. We had the blue snowball microphones on books. That was our mic stand. Mm. It was very much a murder basement. I don't know. I didn't see one committed there, but if you told me that there was, I would not doubt it. It's the only way Aaron could afford to live there. <laughs> that's right. It's one of the houses that's been flagged as a murder location. He so did, it's a discount. He did make sure that he made it clear that was in Buckhead. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Kind of a big deal. Uh -huh. Right, right. Used to live in Buckhead. Yeah. Like, got some money because we're in Buckhead, but we do have a leaky basement, so we're kind of in the middle, you know? Yeah. There's balance in life. Middle class. That's I'm, right. not, I'm not elite. <laughs> Don't people thinking that. Uh, yeah, but thanks for saying yes again after that, that first experience you had <laughs> doing a podcast of mine. Um, how has COVID been for you? Sports slash your career oh, died man. for a little bit, but we're back now. Yeah. How the last couple of years been? COVID sucks. The whole thing sucked. I felt like a stand-up comedian who couldn't go on the road. But, and I don't know how you made it through, we had this manna fall from heaven in June of whatever year that was that we no longer talk about, where ESPN, uh, in order to fulfill the contracts that they have to require live programming, decided to acquire rights to the Korean baseball organization. Yeah. So I got a phone call from one of my bosses, and he said, hey, how do you feel about getting up and doing uh, Korean baseball? The game's there at 5 o'clock in the morning. And I paused, and he said, if you don't want to do it, I'll find someone else who will. And he actually had the name of the guy. He goes, if you say no, I'm going to call X. And I said, no, I remember we were on the way back from, from the beach, and I said, no, that's Boog. It was Boog, wasn't it? <laughs> no. <Yeah. laughs> I actually think Boog had already been doing it. This is when MLB was uh, then finally starting. And I said, you know, sounds like a great idea. Send me the equipment. And since then, I've been calling games still out of my basement. Back on the road for, you know, 60% of my events, um, the bigger ones. But it was a, I think it was um, an awakening. Like, I really love what I do. I am lucky to be able to do what I do. And it is inherently, generally unimportant to to life, what I do, right? I mean, this is not something that you need to survive. So when sports went away, um, I missed it. And then I started thinking, well, then then what happens? So I was lucky to have Korean baseball pop up. And then we slowly but surely got back into the thick of things. And um, what, I've, what I truly missed was being in the arena, feeling the emotion of the crowd, the game, the drama, of what happens, um, no matter what sport it is, and and getting to know the people that are the participants, you know, talking with coaches and players and learning who they are and what makes them tick, and and just pulling a guy aside after, you know, the sideline of a football practice or after shoot around of a basketball practice and say, hey, tell me about your hometown, what's important there, what did you like, what do you do when you go back, and learning about people because I feel like you have to be invested to then be a consumer. Like you want to care about the people that you're spending two or three hours watching. How was the KBO? Was, was it oh, 
it, it seems like an absolute blast, the clips I've seen. Was it so much fun? It was enlightening. Um, I learned more about Korean weather patterns than I would have ever cared about. <laughs> but here was my routine. I um, had my assignments essentially for the week, so I would know. I'd have to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning to go be on the air at 5. And uh, with When they put a, an entire home studio in your basement, you become... Um, you become like a grip. Like you have to learn how all of this stuff works. You have to be able to troubleshoot the equipment instead of just showing up and putting on a headset and talking ball. Yeah. You have to be your, your audio mixer and you have to know how to handle the, the video. And so you are alone. They don't send someone out to help. They sent a guy to, to set up the equipment and then he left. And I was like, aren't, aren't you coming back? And he's like, bye. <laughs> all right. And so now, yeah, it's all, you've got to, you got to learn how to, how to deal with all this stuff from a convenience factor. So you don't have to spend, you know, hours on the phone with, with technicians and with IT. So I learned um, that one thing that they have there is they, they have rainouts just like any other. There's only one dome stadium in all of South Korea. Now, South Korea is about the size of Indiana geographically. So this is all information I was unaware of before. That's, that's news to me. Absolutely thought it was larger. No, yeah. <laughs> pretty, pretty small. You probably so, know about the 38th parallel. So point south of there, that's, that was the, that's the DMZ. And then the state of indiana all right of course so i would go to bed the night before because i could not adjust my sleeping habits i tried i just i'm a late night guy and it, it is what it is um so i would check the weather as i went to bed and i would got to learn the the tendencies off the sea of japan and i would have a good idea whether or not we we're gonna get rained out the next morning <laughs> and if i'd set my alarm 30 minutes later or whatever but the first game i did um we got you know i Tarp was on the field. I could see that on the Zoom call. I'm thinking, you know, I don't know if they're going to play or not. Um, an hour before first pitch, the producer says, okay, here's the deal. Um, our game here is rained out. Well, great. That means I can go back to it. He goes, so we're going to do this game over here. Oh, no. <laughs> so not only am I trying to prepare for players I've never heard of, they're uh, – three Americans per team, but generally players I've never heard of mm -hmm. in a language, in a writing style I'm not familiar with. And I worked so hard to get these two teams down and I've got to prepare for another two teams and I've got 45 minutes to do so. <sighs> so I run through those lineups. We get them. We try to find the stats. We put everything together. It's making me nervous. And then 10 minutes. <laughs> this is like a nightmare that I would have. Yeah it, yeah, it it very much was. Then 10 minutes before that game was supposed to start, hey, this game's rained out. Go go back to bed. It was very, you know, it, I could never do morning television, morning radio. It was so intrusive in my lifestyle. Mm -hmm. I don't know how people do it. It was very, incredibly disruptive to the entire household. Yeah. So your, your family sure. went from, hey, dad's home more. This is great to dad's home, but he is an angry zombie yeah. <laughs> throughout the entire yeah. day. That's don't exactly go down right. there. <laughs> Why is he yelling again? Did somebody hit a home run or did they get rained out? Again? <laughs> Someone on the other side of the world just got caught stealing. <laughs> That's right. That's why we're losing our minds. Yeah. So you said there's three Americans on each team. Is that yeah. like a rule that each team can only have three or is it just average? No, you, I think um, now you're asking me to dip back into my KBO knowledge, which yeah. I've shoved to the recesses of my brain. Yeah, you're allowed three non-Koreans on the team. Um, and those are generally, you know, former big league guys who are trying to work their way back. Or some guys go over there and they fall in love with the culture and they uh, find a wife and they say, you know what, this is this is comfortable and I'm making good money, and I'll just I'll just kick around until my career is done. So, 
those guys are interesting. And then we we also we had to make it entertainment because there was we had like um, two very distinct audiences. Like there's one audience that was hungry to gamble, and mm. that was that's a big part of it. So like we had people gambling on Korean baseball, and they want to know everything that's going on or as much as you can tell them. And then there's another audience who's just like, oh, I haven't watched sports in a while. I don't care. I'm not invested in any of these personalities. So sell me something else. Um, so we would have guests on all the time and do interviews. We had Corbin Bernson on from the South of France, and we talked to him about Major League and the, the script that he was writing, which was a zombie baseball script. Now, Corbin joined us late because, according to him, it was – I think he'd probably had a few glasses of wine at that point. But he said, sorry, I, I didn't get the call earlier. It's very windy. That was his excuse for not joining us. <laughs> Got it. Telecommunications and wind apparently don't mix in the south of France. Got it, yeah. That was yeah. one of the highlights. The wind blew a lot of Pinot down my throat. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right. That's the go-to excuse. Here it's traffic. Over there it's just like, yeah, it's just really windy today. Just sorry, I didn't, <laughs> sorry my call must have not got your call. Straight to voicemail. My phone wasn't off. AT&T was... must be really bad over there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it must. I'm sure. Baseball is so much less serious everywhere else, you know? Yeah. Like I'm seeing all the, the Japan League just started up. Have you seen all these intros? Like their new manager came in on a hovercraft. Oh, it was yeah. Epic. You see that? Yeah. And they'll cut the lights off, and there's like a big, big baby, I think is the dude, is his nickname. But he just has a neon sign that says Big Baby in I the middle it. of the field. All the lights turn on. He has light up glasses. It's like pro wrestling and baseball put together. I would have loved to have gone to Korea to watch some of these games in person. Yeah. They had. Um, you know, attendance limits and and all sorts of COVID restrictions in place. Not like ESPN was going to fly us over there anyway. But that was we kept selling it. Like, hey, if you need somebody to go over for two weeks, if you love baseball and you want to learn a new culture and go over there and take it in, I thought it would have been really cool. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, would you want to go now? Does it make did that get added to one of your places you'd like to visit now that you've spent so much time there virtually? Does, I don't know if virtual visits count. Yeah. I'd go. Yeah, I mean, if it was part of work, now would that be the first place I'd choose on my vacation? Probably not. Honey, bring the kids. We're going to see the Skyvern Dragons play some games. Yeah, like, we were. I know nah. we had our Italy trip planned, but I've actually come to really enjoy <laughs> Korean culture, baseball-wise. Right. Yeah. I heard they have, they have delicious hot dogs there. Yeah. Let's pack up the family and fly halfway around the world. But it is so cool that those other leagues don't take themselves as seriously, especially when you think about the fact that like we just got okay with bat flipping here, yeah, yeah. and they're like already to hovercrafts. <laughs> like, so far advanced. Like, we're, like, yeah, I would love to see us move more that direction. And let, it seems like they are. They're letting the players kind of get away with a little more and put some more personality on the field. But yeah, more like like theatrics like that would be awesome. Let's combine some WWE with MLB. I think the Savannah Bananas are doing that. Yeah, minor league. I saw that. It. It's just absolutely insane. If if you hit a foul ball against the Bananas and one of their fans catches it, you're out. You see that? <laughs> it's outrageous, that. but it's a real rule. So everyone's involved and everyone's watching. It, it's so funny. Everybody's bringing their gloves to the game. Yeah, the players bring a cordless microphone to the plate and announce themselves. I feel like that's, <laughs> that's they've gotten far. into the um, Globetrotters versus the Generals kind of personas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if you're the guy at the plate and the entire infield is dancing with flashlights on the pitcher and he's doing the running man and then he just delivers an 88-mile-an-hour fastball and strikes you out, like, what? What just happened? Right. You know? like 
Yeah, I mean, I kind of like the idea of uh, these guys trying to make it back to the majors. It's like, we also, we want you to be good at baseball, but we want you to entertain a little bit too, you know? We yeah. want you to sell some jerseys, buddy. So let's see what you can do. I think Major League Baseball players in general should have more fun. I, I One of the guys I work with, I won't mention his name, but um, he talked about the Is fact... Is it Boog? We always second, assume it's him. Yeah. I'm going to ruin him one of these days. Second reference of the show. Um <laughs> A lot of guys I talk to say, you know, I wish I would have had more fun when I was playing. But you're you're in the midst of a career and you're taking it so serious and every pitch matters and every result matters. And we had one guy who said, you know, we walked around that clubhouse like we're all carrying a dead baby in a suitcase. Like everything was just so morose. We're here and we have a big game tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, that Doesn't that, from a fan perspective, that kind of took me out of it. And I thought, well... If I'm supposed to enjoy it as a consumer, shouldn't you be enjoying it as a player? I know yeah. it's business, don't get me wrong, but um, I'd want to be more invested in someone who was having a good time themselves. Yeah, for sure. And I think that is uh, you know, evident with like Jock Peterson with the Braves last year. Where mm-hmm. That's what he said. That Everyone has um, said that as well, where he came in and he's like, what are you doing? Why like, are you no one's on? having fun. Um, we're good. Start acting like it and have fun. And then we won the World Series. I have a couple questions about that. Yeah. Are we good with the whole, like everyone just was good with the whole pearl necklace thing and, and we just took it for face value that it was just a pearl necklace and nothing more than were people snickering kind of off to the side behind their kids back like, oh, pearl necklace or we just, it just was a pearl necklace. It, sometimes a cigar is just a cigar. I think that uh, I, I never heard anybody making those jokes really other than on Twitter, and Jock never seemed to imply there was like something behind it, but I think he just enjoyed being talked about and doing something that just brought fun attention to the team. But Yeah, and you, I mean, you know, being in the Southeast, there's going to be at least half the people are going to be like redneck dads being like, well, a man? Back in my day. Pearls? <laughs> what is this? I'm Turn off the TV, honey, you know? Yeah. But he or it's gonna be Sally. Go get me my dress. I got a new favorite player. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he did awaken some stuff and some redneck dads. Uh-huh. Well, I which love is great. During the playoffs, there were like a lot of guys that looked like that, just just like older men in their like you know nice clothes in the stands, just with pearl necklaces on. Oh, it, like it, it made, was wonderful. Like, everybody was wearing them. It was yeah, hilarious. I mean, it was like people who had warrants out for the insurrection were wearing pearls. <laughs> yeah, I'm like this is great. Thank you, John mm-hmm. Peterson. Yep. Yeah. That's what a team can do, right? That's what you get invested in a in a program, in a roster, and you get a community behind them. It doesn't matter. It's beauty of sports, right? On my soapbox for a second. It doesn't matter what you have. Um, it, it's not just what you have in common. It's you can bridge the divide of things that where people don't get along and say, hey, we're all going to go to the same parade and watch that bus drive 70 miles an hour down yeah. the road. Um, we're all in it together. And I, you know, that's that's really cool. And that's what we got away from, I think, a lot during COVID because we didn't have anything that wasn't fun. It was everything was stressful and everything was an argument and everything was judgmental of other people and how they live their lives versus how does that impact me living my life? Like, no, dude, let's throw on our pearls. Let's go have a couple of tall boys and let's go watch this team dominate. Yeah. 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 I think part of the reason that maybe baseball players don't take they take it so seriously too. Do you think part of it is that there's 162 games? Yeah. It's hard to have fun that much. <laughs> like you can't be like baseball today 162 times, right? Like 
That I mean, has to be like part football. Of it. You can get amped up for your one game a week. Yeah, we only play this team once a year. Like with baseball, it's like, yo, see you next week. <laughs> see you tomorrow. Yeah. See you tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, it's like right. uh, the cartoon dog who's going to go chase everybody. Then he's going to clock out and they're going to go home and be friends. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You've called a bunch of different sports, a bunch oh. of different networks. How do you look back on your time with the Braves? If you didn't know, oh. Tom was a uh, sideline reporter. Do you call it that? Yeah, sure. And it was the best. And it's the stuff you kind of alluded to um, a minute ago, talking about the the human side of it. You'd, I just started caring about all these random stories that I didn't, had no idea were going on, and you were the best I've ever seen at it. And that's why Braves country loves Tom. Oh, that's very nice. Including me. Um, no, I loved it. I loved it. I Play-by-play play was always my goal. Mm-hmm. So when that opportunity presented itself, I said, well, I can't say no to the big leagues. I spent nine years in the minors calling games and riding buses. and So I'm not going to say no, but how can I make this job fun for me? And my my thought was, if I can make it fun for me, it'll be fun for the viewer. And I'm not going to go sit at the ballpark for three hours and sit on my thumbs. I want to go do stuff. And I want to, if I'm engaged, hopefully the viewers are. I learned a lot from that from a career standpoint. I learned you know, how to find stories, how to get people to talk about stories, um, how to read body language. Some players, coaches, whomever, don't want to talk about themselves, but they'll talk about their teammates. Some people don't want to talk about X's and O's, but they'll talk about family. So like, what's what's your soft spot? What are you willing to share? And what do you want people to know about you? And then you can go a lot deeper. Like, what do you want your brand to be? What do you want your identity to be? What do you, How can I help you tell these stories? And how, how can I help entertain? And I think... Um, if you have a natural curiosity about things, then that leads you to places that you don't expect to go. You just end up. Mm. And so I have a lot of favorite stories from that time that were me acting on impulse to see if we can make something out of what just happened um, off, either off to the side or as part of the game. And sometimes they worked and sometimes they didn't. My favorite, well, I've got a lot of favorites, but I'm reminded of one. We're in Cincinnati and it was a day game. And day games seem to be more prone to having fun because, you know, you might have some of the, the, the regulars are on the bench instead of starting. And um, it's a very casual atmosphere, right? It's not a, a Friday night, seven o'clock. This is a playoff atmosphere. No, like let's just kick back and relax. And I had more space in the broadcast to do it. Well, there's a first, uh, there's a, a ball boy down the first baseline at Cincinnati and he got smoked in the nards by a foul ball. Oh, no. And what the, the way it all went down is, you know, the ball boy's in full uniform He's got a glove on, and he's sitting in a folding chair. And had to have been a lefty, maybe it was Freddie Freeman, rockets one foul right towards him. And he gets up, and he's got his glove in his left hand and the chair in the right hand. And all you have to do is reach out with the glove and catch the ball or Mm -hmm. knock it down. Instead, he goes lion tamer, and he tries to stick the folding chair out there, (laughs) and it goes right through the legs of the folding chair. Boom, twig and berries. So it was... You couldn't not see it on the telecast. Yeah, and I was yeah. sitting in the press box at the time, and I saw it, and I said, I'm going to talk to that kid mm-hmm. right now. So I, I tell my producer, I said, hey, give me a minute. I'll be down there. Hold on. You know, clip that foul ball. Don't let him go to the hospital yet. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I need to talk to him. I will interview him in the ambulance if I yeah. have to. <laughs> so I, um, I'm thinking... You know, it's it's everything's a story, right? So how do you tell this story, and, and what's the payoff? Like, what's the joke? What's what's going to be the end of this thing? Instead of just because the kid might be very boring. So on my way out, I'd noticed 
previously that they were um, plastic, like see-through, like ice bags near the soda machine for whatever reason. I think it was for like to-go food or something. So I went and I grabbed one of those and I filled it up with ice. And I always carried random stuff in my backpack, like treats from the um, from the charter plane. You get more candy than you know whatever. So I threw some of that that stuff in my in my pocket, and I I went down, and I sat next to the kid at the railing, and I talked to him for a minute, and then I got them to put us on air. He was a high school player, played locally. He was a shortstop, kind of poked fun at the fact that he missed the ball. Mm-hmm. And then I said, hey, listen, for for being a great participant, thank you. I was like, I brought you a Snickers. Right. Because I'm sure you could use it. It's a long day. And and then like straight from Tommy boy, I pull out the ice bag. Yeah. And I said, and if you need this, here it is. <laughs> and I felt like it was good TV, not because it was something that was planned and scripted, but because we identified this moment and I said, OK, how can we how can we make this work and make it funny and entertaining and engaging? And I felt like if you could do that once a game or once a series, not only would it be entertaining to the fans, but to me, uh, where I was in my career, it would make the job worth showing up, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so much more memorable when it's like, oh, yeah, we discovered that we've identified something we can do, and then we went and did it, and it worked out better than anything we spent in our planning meeting, anything right. we talked about. The thing that happens in the moment that we have the right reaction to is always going to be the biggest win compared to however many segments we pre-plan and we hope these things happen so this can work yeah. out. That's how it is in stand-up, too. It's the, the most fun moments of the show are usually the one that was unplanned, but it's the one that everybody kind of experienced in real time together. And that's usually a reaction to something else, right? Right, a lot how of times, How often yeah. is that? It's got to be the crowd, right? Yeah, something happens in the crowd. Somebody yells something, and so you go there, or somebody drops something, or... You never know. Or lately in Atlanta, it's been because T.I. dropped in on the show. So you got to be like, all right, now I got to talk about T.I. being on the show. Do you know but, that? Uh, T.I.'s been doing stand up. Oh, yeah. I was, uh, he went right after me. How would you rate week. his stand up? Oh, man. You know, he's new. <laughs> <laughs> he's brand new at it. He has, he has very confident stage presence. Uh huh. Which that counts for something. Which is the hard, some of the hardest part for some people. Yeah. Uh, he's got that down, including you. The, the right? joke writing is, yeah, he could use some. He'll figure out the joke writing part eventually. Maybe. You feel like he's had a lot of people who have told him he's funny. Yeah, I'm There's sure. just a lot of yes men and yeah. women he in probably, his life. He probably is funny, but it doesn't always translate straight to stand-up right yeah. away. There's just a lot of pressure. Like, if you're just kind of funny, you can try stand-up and no one cares, but yeah, there's clips online. I see it. It, it reaches a new news source once a week to be like, T.I. is doing stand-up? Still doing Here's it. an awful clip? Yeah. What know. is the bro code? Like, what's the protocol if you... You said T.I. followed you? Uh, just yeah. happened to follow you? Yeah. What if you followed him? Yeah. Is, is his performance, because he's a superstar, fair game? Um, great question. I think it would be... There's a line you don't want to cross. Because yeah. you always want to respect somebody that's got the guts to get up there. You never want to bury them. And it's, it's maybe a little different when it's a superstar. But I would never get up there and tear apart anything he said. It would be more of a... Let's make fun of the fact that he was here yeah. and not make fun of how well he did or didn't. But sometimes you'll see this where the host of a show, if somebody goes on stage and does so badly or upsets the audience, you have to address it. You have, to, you know, well, that was weird or whatever. Yeah. But, um, but you, you, you kind of know what feels right. But you, you don't have to slap them. 
No, you don't have to. No, yeah. no, 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 no. And a lot of times you don't want to spend a lot of time of your set talking about the person that went right before you because you're like, I'm here to work on my right. jokes or whatever. Yeah. But uh, And just a rule of thumb, probably, if they bring a posse to the show... Yeah, his uh, T.I.'s bodyguard off. was the biggest man I've ever seen, so I was not about to... You can sacrifice a joke if yeah. you need to. Not really worth it. Yeah. yeah, he did have his bodyguard there, and he was hard to miss. Yeah. Uh, Braves, you mentioned this earlier. Blooper. Oh yeah, how do we feel? Because you were you were there during the Homer days, big oh, yeah. big Homer. Homer fan. Yeah, yeah. And uh, how do you feel about the transition to Bloopy? I feel like his transition isn't yet complete. Is he ever going to add a mouth, or honestly, any hole? Yeah, he doesn't have a lot. He's got ears. He's got ears. He doesn't have a belly button. He might eat through the ears. So maybe that implies an egg. He was born via an egg. To me, he might be a test tube mascot. It might be from another planet. Very huh. well could be. Yeah. Um, Antics-wise, I feel like, you know, he's doing a lot. I, I feel like you're trying to bait me. I'm just saying. He's, he's doing definitely a lot. leading you to some blooper yeah. slander. I'm Listen, just, a lot, I, lot, I we're going to get a lot more listens if, like, former Braves reporter Tom Hart slams blooper. Mm. I, I feel like, and I'll Slam get into him. some details, but I've, I don't want to put words in your mouth. Huh? But I feel like my opinion of blooper's performance is similar to your opinion of T.I.'s wow. as a comedian. Mm-hmm. Here's a couple things that rub me wrong about Blooper. Okay. okay? We get through the pandemic. We're, we're going through the pandemic. We're playing baseball in empty stadiums. But with no butthole. Oh, sorry. sorry. I thought that's where you were going. Keep going. Aaron's like, you're going to get back to the butthole thing, yeah. right? <laughs> I got to figure out the whole situation. We're playing baseball in empty stadiums. We're, we're finally giving the people what they want, which is which is baseball. Mm-hmm. And it's it's awkward enough that nobody's there. We're piping in this weird crowd noise or just cardboard cutouts. I don't need to see a furry something with no holes in every shot right behind the plate. So it would be better if he did have holes. Yeah, you Orbit saying, Orbit has holes and he's funny. That's true. His mouth. I've I've worked with some of the best mascots in Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. Fanatic has sucked on my head. The Fanatic has a major hole right there. We don't there. even know about yeah. all that. Yeah, he's he's and it's got a suction to it. Yeah, like a little a, bit like a plunger. Yeah, kind of like a plunger. Yeah, yeah. He's got wow. a tongue that comes out and everything. It's like it envelops your head, right? You're like yeah. Jonah vibes. <laughs> it's more like a more like a fun party hat. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. When he sticks it on top, it's of you. got, got a it. tongue in the middle of it that kind of can tickle the top of your head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's so maybe just I feel like we're appealing to a wide range uh, audience right now. Furries, the furries yeah. are going to yeah, love this. One. This is the one for them. Yeah. Finally, someone's like Nebraska politicians. But yes. <laughs> Do you think yeah. that blooper is too close to the fanatic? Uh, anatomically. Anatomically. Do you think they're from the same planet? Do you think that the this person who Hell. came up with who came up with the blooper might have taken a little. Too much from the fanatic. I think he, I feel like he should have taken more. Mm. We need more color. Yeah, we need more features. We need they made him the color of like a, just a white person. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's the right. color they he made. He is. Him. He is. Uh, if he were a crayon color, right? He would be white guy. Yeah, the the, the crayon that's all that never like gets smaller from use. <laughs> right, right. It's always stays its original size because like yeah, we're not going to use this one. Yeah, what, what is he flesh? <laughs> yeah, he's just regular pigment colored. The uh, the hard part for me <laughs> is that I knew the old blooper, like the the guy who started oh, blooper, and then he got fired. Mm-hmm. Oh no, what did he do to get fired? Yeah, Aaron. I don't know. 
I, he wasn't caught like with a bong and photographed as blooper with a bong or anything wild no, no, like no, no, that. No, no, no. Okay. I think he was doing surgery on himself to build holes. He wasn't doing too that. far. Yeah. Um, but now I see blooper and I feel like I know blooper, but I, I just no. used to know the guy inside blooper. Mm-hmm. So I will wave. Wow. <laughs> I can't get out of my head. I feel like I know blooper, <laughs> but I don't. Do you and think, like do you think person. The, the person inside that costume is like, oh, this dude waves at me every time. I think like so. I think I'm like a Disney adult for blooper. Yeah. You know That's what I mean? Chad's buddy. Doesn't he know that yeah. Troy is in here now? Yeah. I'm not Chad. I was um, I was a mascot. Were you? Yeah. Is that like the entry level to broadcasting is kind of got to pay your dues at the mascot level? It very much is. You work in the minor leagues, you have to do everything. You know, I... <laughs> <laughs> I worked as a groundskeeper, sold programs, um, sold ads for the program. So uh, every other weekend, you'd have to take on a shift as the mascot to go to the fair or the carnival or the bake sale or whatever mm-hmm. it might be. And it's gross. Like, I'm sure Major League mascot costumes, they have a Febreze budget that's off the charts, and I'm sure it's very good. In the minors, no. It gets ridden hard, put away wet. It smells like a sock at, at its best. And what so, were you? What was the mascot? This was Wally the Warthog with the Winston-Salem Warthogs. And, um, Are you pulling a, up a picture? A-ball, Carolina League. And one particular day, so we all took turns, you know, going out to these events. And um, our, this was long enough ago that the pictures for the program were taken using an actual camera. And, and our community relations director came through the office one Monday morning. She was going to take pictures, and she said, hey, I need somebody to get in the costume so I can just take a couple of p- pictures of Wally. We had had a late night the night before, and it's my first job out of school. I said, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. I'm probably still drunk. Let's go. So I get in the costume. We walk down to the dugout. She's going to take pictures, and she says, hey, um, my batteries are dead. Hang tight. I'll be back. So now I have 45 minutes, and the choice is, do you get out of the costume? Do you stay in it? I decided to stay in it. So I did the rounds in the office, and I was annoying everybody in there. Can we curse on this broadcast? Uh, yeah, I'll beep it, but you can't. Okay. Um, so thank you for calling it a broadcast. Yeah. <laughs> I made us feel really good. It's big time. I'm also yeah. curious how the Warthog story is the cussing one, where we're going. Well, I just wanted to see what kind of liberties we had from a language standpoint. Oh, so go how hard. much I'm going to share about this story. So I eventually end up in, in my boss's office, and he, he looks at me very annoyingly, as you would any drunk Monday morning at, at 9 a.m., and he's like, Tom, just get the F out of here. I was like, what do you mean? He goes, I can't. I'm trying to make sales calls. I'm staring at a Wally that's obviously still drunk from the night before. You got to leave. So I walk out the front of the uh, stadium, and it's right across from where Wake Forest plays basketball. And that morning was day one of like a four-day Joyce Myers Ministries event. (laughs) So it's sold out. There's 20,000 people coming in. So I kind of waddle. And you got a, a picture. You showed. You looked up Wally. He's portly. He waddles. He's like... You know, the drunk uncle who's kind of wave and friendly. Da, da, da. Yeah. Not not the most agile. So very, I, very Pumbaa, right? Mm-hmm. Lion okay, King kind that's of fair, yeah. So I walk out the sidewalk and I just start, I'm waiting for this woman to come back with the batteries. I just start waving at cars. And people are waving and honking. I'm feeling good about myself. And I eventually walk down the sidewalk and um, there are a couple of, of businesses near that 
ballpark. One was a, a bar that we used to go to, and the other one was an adult video store. <laughs> so I, I think it was, I, I can't remember the name of it, um, but it had a very generic name. It was like, you know, Winston-Salem News or something like that, when in reality it was a porn shop. Yep. So I meandered into the porn shop. So keep in mind, <laughs> lines of cars going in to see Joyce Meyer Ministries, and, and somebody sees Wally the Warthog walking into the porn shop. <laughs> so then imagine the guy who's working the adult video store at now 10 a.m. on a Monday morning. He'd been stoned <laughs> since 6 a.m. when he was forced to awake from his nap. Yep. And he sees Wally the Warthog walk in. Now, I'm still in character. I refuse to talk in character. There are no pockets on this You're professional. costume. I'm a prof- yeah, I'm a professional. Yeah, how do you do sign language for ball gag? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, sir, you're clearly into some weird stuff. We actually have a room downstairs you might be more interested in. <laughs> he, he probably looked at me and said, oh, I thought the meetings were on Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> so I walk over to a rack. And, um, Wait, what does that mean? Like, a, a, <laughs> sorry, keep going. I'll go to a rack of where they have the videos. It's kind of yeah. like I don't even know if they have these stores anymore. But it was like I wouldn't know. <laughs> I have no idea if they do or not. It was like Blockbuster Video, right? right? Like we actually have the titles on the shelves, and you can look at the front and back cover and say, "Yeah, this is the one I want." So um, I'm at the rack, and I'm I would look at one and shake my head and put it down. It's just you and the guy. Just in me there. and the guy. There's no one, people. no one else. You're doing this for him. And this guy is. Well, I'm doing it for him and the story. I'm like, in 22, <laughs> I'm going to be on a podcast, and I'm going to tell this story. And finally, he looks at me and he goes in a, a very imagine a Spicoli voice, right? And he's like, "Hey, bro, are you uh, are you 21?" <laughs> and I turn, I look at him, and I cock the warthog's head, and I, and I nod, and he he. He looks at me and he's like, how do I handle this? And he goes, yo, bro, I'm sorry. I know this is like really weird, but like, do you have any ID on you? (laughs) And so I pat where the pockets would be, front, I pat the back, hands out. (laughs) He's like, yo, bro, I hate hate to be like this, but you got to leave, man. I don't know if you're 21. So I drop my head, I shuffle my feet, and Wally the Warthog shuffles out the the front door of of this porn shop. The moment I step out, Melissa, the PR director who drives a red Toyota Corolla, is driving by, passing the traffic going into Joyce Meyer Ministries, and sees me. She locks it up. She hang, She pulls in, and she like gives me a tongue lashing. What, what in the world are you doing? Wally can't be in the porn shop. You're, you're a jerk. You can't do this. Get in the car. You know how hard it is for Wally the Warthog to get into a Toyota Corolla? <laughs> so then I'm like trying to shove my head in. And, I, what I learned was if, if you are asked to dress up as a ma- mascot and you mm-hmm. take them to a porn shop, you will never be asked to dress up as the mascot again. Oh, yeah. Win, oh. win. Yeah. You just get in a little bit of trouble. You never have to do the worst job at your job again. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and it was the first time I was introduced to Blooper's Greatest Hits. Right there, the second <laughs> yeah. row. <laughs> the second row. I love that the guy who worked at the shop... <laughs> Was like sitting back there, like having a good time. He's like, "Wait a second, what?" He's so paranoid from all his weed. He's just like, "What if this is an elaborate sting operation from the police <laughs> to try to bust us on serving underage kids?" Yeah, this is something that they would do. And then he's just like, "Hey, I need your ID." It's I, so I like to imagine that he is now wildly successful in whatever career path he chose, and he's doing a podcast. And they say, "What? What's the weirdest job you ever had?" <laughs> same story. Same. Same exact story. That's a, I mean, that's a great idea. So now when they ask in the office, like, who's going to be Wally today? Like, I mean, I'll do it. But you don't remember last time. Like, All right, it's not time. Yeah. yeah. No, they did not ask again. Brilliant. 
Um, I, I, I do kind of remember a story you told on Deep Fried Kale, the last podcast. Um, we asked about blunders. Live TV's hard. Oh, yeah, yeah. You you say some stuff you don't mean to say. Um, I did it one time for Atlanta United. Went terribly. I'll never do it again. I have so much respect for you. You'll never do live television again. Have you told uh, Tom the story? I don't know if I've told Tom the story. I'd like to hear it. Okay. <laughs> I don't think you've told it on it's here been a, I have. I think it's oh, been yeah. a while, but it was probably with Harry Lyles. Oh, uh, maybe. Similar situation. Um, they were doing the whole thing where they wanted influencers to help. You know, no, I didn't have the education or the experience. Right? He's got followers. No training. It's awful. The world we yeah. live in is hell. It's bad. <laughs> so I go to do that. It's for the Univision, like free online broadcast. You know how it goes, but for everyone who doesn't, you have your little earpiece and you can hear him in the booth. There's a producer talking over him saying, hey, we're coming to you in 30 seconds, 10 seconds, five, four, three. By the way, when the producer counts you, that cancels out what the booth is saying to you. Yeah. Which most people at home don't realize. Some producers don't realize it. So if you and I were working together, I'd want to tee you up in a fun way. Mm-hmm. But you, if they didn't execute it properly, you wouldn't be able to hear that. Right. You that would just sense. hear the two, one, go. Tell your fart joke. Yeah. You know? Maybe that's what happened. Okay, we'll see. So the first couple of times it happened, you know, I was ready. They came to me. I said what I'm seeing, or I just saw Joseph talk to Tata Martinez. They look like they're mad, whatever. Um, fun little tidbits. It's like I'm doing well. So first one in the second half, I'm still so nervous. I don't, I don't do this. And the, I guess the producer hadn't come back from <laughs> halftime. So I'm just watching. Nothing in my brain. Absolute grits for brains in this moment. And I just hear, um, Aaron, how's it going down there? And I, I. Turned to the to the camera, <laughs> just completely white, and I go, "Pretty good, you." <laughs> and then I just stare. I say nothing else. <laughs> it just it just wiped my hard drive in that moment. Yeah. And I hear them. They wait a second, and they go, "We're good." And then go back to the game, and never came back to me again. Yeah, yeah. And I think about it a lot. That's so, a bad. They, I'm good. That's a bad question. They they didn't lead you. You know, mm-hmm. like yeah, yeah. Hey, we were talking about player X. What have you seen? Well, I think they were doing it generically because they knew they figured I had one piece of information to say. Yeah, yeah you they, know, they didn't trust you to ask you something specific. So it's very much like, what do you got? Just say anything, and we're fine, and we'll yeah. move on. But we all know that's harder. It it's is harder, harder to answer with no knowledge about anything than it is to answer about with no knowledge about the specific thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So and yeah, they just. Uh, I guess the producer just. Left us both to dry, and that was it. So blunders. What have been the um, the things that keep you up at night? Well, what I found is, first of all, if you make a blunder, it's better to be working with someone that you trust and you like that will point the blunder out. So then you can address it if it needs addressing. Mm-hmm. Now, if you accidentally said the f word, yeah, we need to move past that as quickly as possible. Right. But if I said, um, "Hey, they're going to pull a rabbit out of their head." And nobody addresses that, then you just look you look like an idiot, even though you know what the saying is. I'd want one of my partners to say, uh, I think you meant out of your hat. And you and then and then you can have fun and you're likable to the to the audience, right? right? Yeah. Oh yeah, I yeah. really stepped in at that time. Um, instead of them just being like, let's just pretend like that didn't happen. But then it's the like well, everybody thing. knows it happened, so we all saw it. Yeah. We all saw you smack Chris Rock. You can't ignore <laughs> it, right? You have to address it. So I've had kind of both. Um, I was working college basketball with Andy Kennedy, who's now 
the head coach at UAB, but was previously the head coach at Ole Miss, and he's in between jobs. And what I found is that um, people who don't need the job are the best people to work with. Like they're those are the best announcers because they're not worried about what other coaches think or what the bosses think or the refs going to be mad because they said that was a blown call. Like they just they're just real, and real is always better. Except when you get confused. And so we're doing a game at Arkansas. And their fans had big heads behind the goal. And one of the big heads was Ron Burgundy. Mm-hmm. And this player shooting a free throw. And up pops Ron Burgundy. And Andy Kennedy says, straight face, believes he's being uh, perfectly up front. He goes, hey, look, there's Ron Jeremy. <laughs> I, I laughed so hard that I almost fall out of my chair. I literally like almost fell out of the chair. I was off to the side. And I said, no, 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 no. That's Ron Burgundy. He goes, what I say? I said, you said Ron Jeremy. And he goes, oh, it's a whole other channel altogether. And yeah. the, you know, then the crowd's into it. The audience gets it. They appreciate the honesty. Like, we screwed that up. It was not a bit. It was not planned. But what happened on the back end was... See, I just said back end. Like everything we said <laughs> after that, he's taking it hard to the hole. He's doing everything yeah. had a second meaning. And so we spent the second half just in tears, laughing at, at every comment. We were very con- we we weren't concerned. I thought it was a, a great broadcast. In fact, I we had a game the very next night in Gainesville and I pitched it to our producer. Let's find the five most famous Rons. Or the or the five. Give me a list of the five best basketball playing Rons, right? Ron Artest and Ron Mercer and Ronnie Cycli and whoever else. And he goes, "No, we we can't do that. We, we, you guys really stepped. You got you really stepped in it last night. That was bad." So then I start thinking about it. Oh, maybe maybe it was bad. That night um, we're in Gainesville doing two games in two nights, and I get a picture that sent to me from across the arena, like right across the floor, somebody who's in the building. And it says, um, kind of surprised it's just you two sitting there. Could Jer- could Ron Jeremy not make the trip? And yeah. it's coming from Greg Sankey, who's the commissioner of the SEC, who's right. a de facto boss of mine. He didn't work mm-hmm. for ESPN. but And I thought, okay, he gets the joke, and he's willing to laugh with it. We're in, we're in good shape. Yeah. So that kind of, that was fun. But when you're doing a broadcast by yourself and there's no one to, play the joke off of it can be worse so my my first i think i told you this one not creepy at all yeah sorry i was taking a photo real quick a little promo yeah. pic I, I i told you the story last time on deep fried kale the award-winning podcast of course um one of my first games i was doing i had been listening to the braves broadcasters on my little sony walkman on a bus from columbia south carolina to charleston south carolina to call my first minor league baseball game and uh, Skip Carey, Chipper was at the plate, and, and he got jammed, and he said it was in on the hands, and Pete Van Weeren called it a jam job or something like that. And, and I realized that my baseball vocabulary wasn't where it needed to be to carry a broadcast for three hours, so I filed those away. I was like, those are, those are some phrases I should use. I think I can tell where this is going. Yeah, sure enough, that night in about the sixth inning, there's a two-seamer that comes in on a right-hander's hands and a little half-swing. And the call went something like this. Here's the 2-0 pitch. There's a little hand job out in right field. And it was so humorous to me that I took my headset off. I walked out of the back of the booth. I doubled over the railing laughing. And then I realized no one's in on the joke with me. Like Nobody's listening to this minor league broadcast, number one. Nobody's recording it for posterity. And number two, like there's... 
nobody in the booth with me. So then I just came back in. I didn't want to make a joke about a hand job then, like admitting to it. I, I wasn't quite sure how to handle it. So I just put the headset back on and I think the next kid was this tall, lanky outfitter from Seton Hall. I'll never forget because he's part of the story. Uh, and I said, one on, one out. Here's Johnson. Here's the next guy up. Mm. You just move on. It's Yeah, you need somebody to like let you off the hook, yeah. right? And you can't always let yourself off the hook. It doesn't have the same playfulness. You need to have somebody go, what was that you just said there? <laughs> what's happening in right field? Yeah, yeah, what's happening? Are you looking at the same right field I am? Or Yeah. That's uh yeah being alone when something like that happens is so much harder to handle it because you're just like now I'm doing it I'm saying harder to handle it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean some of the funniest videos on the internet are still a newscaster saying something they shouldn't and then the other newscaster is crying laughing. Yes, mm-hmm. and they just can't get it together for five minutes. It's always funny to me. Yeah, doing that alone that's not fun. Yeah. A lot less fun. Yeah, bad. Um, okay, other sports you do a lot so. A lot of baseball, college baseball, right? Yep. Um, basketball and football. Yep. Those are the big three for you. Yeah. What is your favorite? If you had to do one forever, the other ones. Oh, die. forever! Like the other ones go away. Yeah. And also, which one's the most challenging? Yeah, I. What I love about my schedule is I go. Um, you know, it kind of starts my calendar year starts in the fall. You know, Labor Day weekend, so I go football, and then football starts to die down. And I get kind of tired of the people I work with, and they get tired of me. And then I get to restart with a whole new group of people, mm-hmm. right? Then I get into basketball. Then I get with my basketball partners and new coaches and new players. And then basketball starts to peter out. Or you could look at it the other way, like it crescendos. And then I move into the next thing, which is baseball. Um, I really love the variety. I don't know that I could do only one. To me, that mm-hmm. would feel like sitting in a cubicle, right? Um, it wouldn't be as fresh. I wouldn't be as engaged. I don't know that that anyone's any one sport is harder than the other. They have their own challenges. Football is more of a build up all week, right? And you're do, going to a game where there's going to be ninety thousand people in the building, and and it's high intensity, and it matters. You know, yes, we're there for entertainment, but what happens in that game? Uh, because there's only twelve games during the regular season, it's it's more important than when you get to basketball and they're playing thirty games, and there's a tournament at the end, and they can you know. They can be better at the end than they were at the beginning. Um, football is is more preparation. You've got to be prepared for anything. You've got to be able to adjust on the fly. It's three and a half hours, and it's you know heavy weighty stuff as and much as massive it can be. rosters too, right? Yeah, um, massive rosters. Guys with you know number two on one side of the field as a wide yeah. receiver on the other side, he's a defensive back, yeah. and then on kickoff return they're both listed, and you don't know which one is which, right? So <laughs> that's. Whatever. I mean, it's not stressful. I'm not digging ditches or laying rebar or roofing houses. Like it's going to an arena and talking sports. So it's mm. not hard, but there are intricacies to to each of them. Basketball is more fast paced. My first few basketball games every year, I feel like I'm stealing money because I'm coming from a three and a half hour football game to a two hour basketball game. The game ends. It feels like we're only at halftime, and then I go get a beer, go go to the hotel, get up the next morning, fly to the next place. Um, Baseball is more story and it's story, um, like more emphasis on stories. I feel like chemistry has to be better in baseball because you need to have a conversation with a guy or gal that you're sitting next to for three hours, for three and a half hours. And to me, the biggest thing is not only being a great listener, but also being a great friend. You have to know what's important to them so you know what they're going to react to and how you can tee them up on certain elements. And if you don't have that 
off the field camaraderie or the chance to, you know, go have a, a cocktail the night before or go to lunch together that day, then you don't have that information and it makes it a lot harder. Yeah. I never thought about that. The comfortability you get after you've called a bunch of games with somebody probably makes it so much easier. Just like talking to somebody you just met versus talking to a friend. It's, yeah. It, I would, it'd be interesting to hear, to know that going into a game, be like, oh, this is these people's first game together versus oh, they're the ones we see all the time. Yeah. I, my counter to that, would, it'd be dep- it would depend on if you like the person. You could work with the same person for eight years. If they're miserable and you don't like them, it, it doesn't matter. Where you might hit it off with somebody that you just met um, and you're on the same page, have a similar sense of humor, have similar goals. So the, yeah, the chemistry... It can't be faked. Can it, it can be improved, but that's it's like any relationship. Like that takes work. Are uh, are hockey broadcasters a different breed? It seems like they. <laughs> Why did that make you laugh? Because they <laughs> one because I just think of it. I just think are Canadians a different breed. <laughs> um, but are I mean those games are so fast paced, yeah. especially compared to something like baseball. Like and for them to be able to t- even tell the pucks to this person, to this person, to this person, like. It almost feels like it's the same job, but it's so different. Is Are there a lot of people that do hockey and other sports, or should hockey stick with hockey? Uh, there's a few. At the at the highest levels, there's a few that do. Um, you know, Kenny Albert does the Rangers and does NFL and does all sorts of stuff. But, yeah, it's a different – it's a different um, – circumstance right i mean it's it's rapid fire and it's name recognition and memorization like i don't i don't memorize much going into a game i'd rather spend my time getting to know stories and know background better and then you know you have a cheat sheet you have you build this chart um without going into into the weeds on it but i've got everybody of consequence on that chart and so if 85 makes a catch and i'm not sure if that's johnson or smith I just look at my chart and go, oh, that's that's Johnson. Once again, see, Johnson with a deep ball. Yeah. <laughs> see, it never ends. Brutal. Brutal. Um, so you can, there's ways around that. Hockey, I guess these guys have everything memorized. And that's, I was asked to do hockey once and I politely declined in the sense that I told my boss, I said, I'll do anything you want me to do. And I could prepare for it and I could do the nuts and bolts of the play-by-play but I feel like if it's such an intense audience that they deserve to have a hockey guy calling hockey, sure. you know, even though it might be more niche than football or, or baseball, like don't disrespect the audience. Mm. Yeah. Have you had to tag in for other sports? Have you done soccer, curling? I did lacrosse. Uh, I did one lacrosse game. Um, I was completely lost. Mm-hmm. It happened to be... Apparently, that was offsides. Don't know how that works. <laughs> you want to explain that one to me? You, <laughs> yeah. you know, I do have an expert next to me, so I can rely on him. That's good. Um, Urban Meyer's first spring game at Ohio State, I was working for the Big Ten Network, and my boss called and said, hey, here's the deal. We're going to send you to uh, Columbus, and you'll do the spring game, and you're going to do lacrosse uh, before. And I said, no, nah, I'm not doing lacrosse. <laughs> I don't know it. You know, like I, once again, I told him the same thing. I'll learn it, but I don't feel like that's fair to the lacrosse people. Mm-hmm. Right. And he goes, okay, cool. So we'll just get somebody else to call the Ohio state spring game. I said, you know what? I'm going to learn some lacrosse. And I missed, it, it turned out to be like a 10, one game. And mm-hmm. I missed a goal from midfield and it was generally a disaster. Yeah. <laughs> but I got to I got to hang with herbs and 
Learn what yeah. makes that weirdo tick. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta go dance with some some people at the bar. We don't dance, we grind. That's yeah. it. You grind, yeah. You let them do the work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the uh yeah, to call are there many broadcasters making their whole living on lacrosse though? No. They need some people to come in from other I was thinking like, yeah, we need to let the lacrosse broadcasters just handle those. Like, yeah, I don't know if that's a full time gig. Yeah, I don't know if we have any of those. Yeah. We've, so. we've moved past the point in sports broadcasting, though. It, it was like this for a long time where you would say, all right, let's just put somebody on that sport because none of their games are on TV. Mm-hmm. And the audience, the family, the friends, whomever, the audience won't know any different, right? So just they're just going to be happy it's on TV. Now, so many games and so many events are televised, you can go find people and, and audiences are smarter and they're going to say, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Yeah. Like I'd rather have the guy who did my son's games in high school who actually played be able to do it. Yeah, even if they're not as crisp and professional. I'd rather hear yeah. somebody doing commentary that is teaching me something. Yeah, they know the rules at least. <laughs> I feel like I know more than this person talking. Yeah. I mean, it's probably a little bit the same sensation when you're used to watch like for the Braves when we're used to hearing the same three guys and then it goes to a national broadcast, and you can just tell, oh, yeah, these guys are great commentators, but they don't know our team like our guys know our team. Right. And as a fan, that can be off-putting because you're just like, I feel like they're saying stuff that's wrong. <laughs> like I feel like I know more than these guys about. So is that a challenge that you guys face when you know you're going to be calling a game for a fan base that is going to be super reactive to how you do? Yes. Yeah, but you can't... It'd be like if you're going into a set and you just saw him boo the shit out of the last three yeah. comedians, and you're like, "Okay, it's gonna be tough." But you yeah. can't. You're still like, "Well, I still got to do what I got. What I'm gonna do." Yeah, and you can't go up there scared, right? Right. No, nah, you gotta just you do what you do and and do the best job you can. I think that um, it's an interesting question though, because what I've learned is that there are some fan bases who are so into their team. I mean, this is SEC football, right, or Kentucky basketball. You're never gonna know more about their team than they do yeah you just have to embrace that so what can you offer them that's different well i just talked to john calipari today and here's what he told me that's different than well i read on a message board this is what we think might be going on or um i've seen these other teams and talked to these other coaches so i have i can offer contrast to what you think you have but uh kentucky basketball's out there they've warmed up to me um Tennessee fans are their their Twitterati are just out of their minds crazy. I tell you the worst though was Kentucky because my first year was past tense. uh, My first year doing Kentucky basketball, they had Bam Adebayo, Mm -hmm. and you know I came in there early in the season and I watched some practice, but I was too worried about other things to get some of the details down that I should have, and so I called Bam Adebayo. I pronounced his name three different ways in the first half. (laughs) <laughs> and I realize, like I'm, I realize I'm screwing this up. So I finally grabbed somebody. I said, "Please pronounce it for me. I'm going to write this down. I'm not going to screw it up the second half." About um, about two months later, I'm at a funeral here in Atlanta, and a buddy of mine comes. You know, we, the funeral's like it's all the same. Like, hey, great to see you. Hate the circumstances. How you been? How's the family? Really miss you. We should get together. You know, let's go have a beer, man. It's tough. So we go through that rigmarole, and this guy goes, Bam Adebayo, huh? I said, what? What? 
And we're standing back in the room. And he standing goes, next to the casket. He goes, you know, he's like a preseason All-American. You can't effing say his name right. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Abrasive. I was like, David? That guy we're was at a <laughs> funeral. Was David related to The Departed? <laughs> no. Okay. No, he I was, was not. It would be great if that person wasn't even invited to the funeral. They just heard that you were going to be <laughs> yeah. there. Like, you saw Hart's me pull there? in? All right. Or I thought it was like someone in the you know welcoming line. It's like their father just passed. Like, Hold on, I just I gotta talk to him. Real quick. <laughs> this guy decided to show up. He can't even pronounce out yeah. a bio's My name. My father right? is resettling in his urn. No, this guy's here. <laughs> he's, he's shifting in his urn. Yeah. Um. What is? Who are the heroes for you? Who's your Mount Rushmore you, of your sports casters? One. Well, th- other than that, it's me, yeah. Blooper, Boog, and who else is the fourth? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you're you're sideline reporter number one, Aaron. Yeah. yeah, I'd like to see some of this tape. I don't know where it is. Does I've it, tried to find it because it would be great content for me. It's got to exist on YouTube, right? I, they might have burned it. Univision mm-hmm. was like delete, delete immediately. I don't know. You should email them. Yeah, like do you watch? I thought Univision was all Spanish. This one wasn't. <laughs> Maybe that was the problem. <laughs> like, Aaron keeps speaking English. <laughs> <laughs> I was another quick minor league story. Um. I came on the air one night. We're on the same station all every night, but it was a part of a cluster of stations. This was um, one of my first jobs. And I dialed into the station. And sometimes uh, we were actually aired on a religious station. This was also the Warthogs. Sometimes I would dial in and I'd be connected to the sports station that aired in a different market. And I'd get my hopes up like, oh, we're actually on a sports station tonight. Well, one night I dial in and I hear nothing but Spanish coming back. So and everything was automated. I didn't. There had, was no one there for me to talk to. But I, I thought it was off. So I called the general manager, and I said, "Hey, I'm, I'm dialed in, but I'm getting Spanish programming back to me." He goes, "Oh yeah, this is like July, right? Midway through the season." Because we we shifted our format. WIFM is now Spanish, and I went, "What? How does not that anybody's listening anyway?" Uh, but it was very frustrating, right? I thought, here I am on my way to being Al Michaels, and now people listening to the station don't even speak my language. So I, I hastily wrote out my open based on like three years of high school Spanish and the one year I was arrested by Federales. And so I did my entire open in Spanish Whoa. before getting to the starting lineups. Yeah. I'm sure it was That's a grammatically incorrect. To be able to be like, yeah, I guess I'll just give it my best shot. Bienvenidos. Uh, Bienvenidos. Yes. Yeah. Oh, you think it's cringy watching a guy call lacrosse that doesn't know lacrosse rules? Have a guy try to speak <laughs> Spanish to a Spanish yeah. radio station and not know the language. Oof. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who's your um, Who's the Mount Rushmore sportscasters for you? Um, you know, I was really nerdy and into it as a kid. Um, so I grew up listening to University of Missouri games. And mm-hmm. Kevin Harlan was doing those games on radio. And he's still... You know, kicking butt and just did the NCAA tournament, does the NBA. How, so, old, how old is he now? I mean, he's got to be. Um, I don't know. But he must have been in his mid-20s. Oh, okay, okay. You know, it, when he it. was doing these games on radio. Um, Al Michaels, I mean, to me, that, that Sunday night NBC game is, is the best one on. It's mm-hmm. not just Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth and the way pre- they present it, but you can you can tell that that production is just different. Um they do a fantastic job. Um, and then there's guys that I've had the chance to meet that have been so warm and welcoming to me. Sean McDonough, 
um, is one of them. Brad Nestler is another one. And they're guys that when I was watching, you know, I was doing minor league baseball forever, just kind of waiting for my break and waiting for the opportunity. And I would watch them and I would think, these guys are enjoying it the way I would enjoy it if I were there. Because there are others who, quite frankly, you can watch and say, okay, that guy's just picking up a paycheck. You know, that guy's just there. He doesn't even know how to pronounce Adebayo. Yeah. <laughs> how serious could he be about his career? Mm-hmm. Um, so on the short list, those are guys that, you know, I, I thought if I'm lucky enough to get to that space, I'd like to do the job like that. Yeah, that's very cool. And your least favorite? Mm. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Boog and Blooper. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the bees. Double B. The bees. <laughs> I'll answer that, though. My least favorite are the guys that don't want to be there. Yeah. And gals, whomever. Like, not gender specific, but but it's obvious that if you... And it's hard for me because I, I generally just cover one league. Like, I'm lucky enough just to cover the SEC. So then when others come in... You see it sometimes, I will, not to name any names, but you know, like sometimes with the NCAA tournament is covered by a lot of people who don't cover college basketball during the season. So if you're a college basketball diehard, you think, okay, there's nuance here that they don't know. And they mm-hmm. couldn't. And they're preparing for eight teams in one day, the first day of the tournament. Um, so if you're not invested in it, I think it's easy to see. And that's a, that's a turnoff to me. Yeah, I get that. I mean, it's like you in minor league baseball. That wasn't your end goal. Um, it could probably easily come across as like you're just doing this for now. And I'm sure you can see that when people do that, right? Like they're not taking it seriously. They're not putting their best foot forward. I felt like I had to because I felt like I had to work hard every day to not just prove to myself like whoever's randomly listening, but I felt like it was important to develop the work ethic. And that work ethic, part of that is the the routine, right? So I have a routine when I'm getting ready for a game. And if I have to cut it short, like I had had to cut it short for that first Korean baseball game. Mm-hmm. Then I feel ill-prepared. And when you feel ill-prepared, then it's hard to have confidence, right? So you build that work ethic and that routine just like you prepare for a set, right? Like you have to have a routine that you go through. And if if you get thrown off in the middle of it, you're good because you got everything else down. So you get the basics down so you can hang a left turn and we can investigate going off into the woods here and then – return to it. So I always felt like I had to, I had to prepare like, uh, there were, you know, a million people watching. Yeah. Even if, you know, there was one, my first job, the capital city bombers in Columbia, South Carolina, I, I forget their names, bless their hearts. I'm sure they're not with us anymore, but this elderly couple, not only listened to every game, but they recorded it on cassette. And so at the end of the year, they presented me with a hundred and well, I guess I didn't do all the games. So they pre- presented me with 70 cassettes of every one of my games. Whoa. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Is the right field hand job in that? It's, there, it's there somewhere. somewhere We're going to find it. When, yeah. when they do the documentary about you one day, they'll they'll be looking through all that. Will they have a reenactment? I hope so. Aaron's been involved in an ESPN interact, uh, reenactment. I have, yeah. Better Days. Oh, yeah. I was one of the actors on that. Yeah. <laughs> For an episode, yeah. Yeah, wasn't the guy they had you play like supposed to be like oh, 400, 400 pounds or something? And like 55. <laughs> so I saw, because you're playing a real life person. Yeah. It's like drunk history. Yeah. Now you get someone that vaguely looks like them. And I looked him up and I was like, this is the most insulting thing I've ever seen. <laughs> you better hurry up and send that check. Yeah. And I was, so then I was like, so did this happen 20 years ago? And I, this happened last fall. <laughs> Pretty brutal. He yeah. gained like 50 pounds on the roof of his restaurant when the Beagle, uh, Bengals wouldn't win. 
That was the bet. Who's going to live up there? Oh, so they they cast you as a guy that was fifty pounds lighter, previous to the yes rooftop. Yeah, fifty pounds lighter, and he was still probably three fifty on yeah, the lighter yeah, side. Yeah. You know, and he hadn't quite lost his mind. Yet. Nope. Yeah, but hey, that's good. Uh, advertisement for that roofing company they built a sturdy roof <laughs> that's right i was also i thought about him a lot this past year with joe burrow taking the Bengals far oh yeah you know i was like i'm happy for that guy have you reached jeff. out to him i haven't i should Could what you? do you think jeff thinks of you hopefully hopefully is the inverse being like they cast a pretty hot guy for me yeah yeah you know i feel really good about myself if he is sad about the casting then that, oh it's gonna hurt if he's like this is the guy you get <laughs> yeah. for me what if Jeff was like, wait, Tom Cruise wasn't available? He might be that insane. I said I wanted Tom Hardy. I wanted Tom Hardy to play me. <laughs> I'm Tom Hardy-ish, you know? Yeah. All right. It works. Um, well, Tom, I feel like I haven't seen you in years, and it was great to see you, but I feel like I see you 15 times a year because I'll just be at a restaurant and bar. And I'm like, hey, there's Tom. You just pop up. In your suit, talking about your little you sports. Should, you should do two things. <laughs> Number one, at my little sports, you should... You should um, Take a screen grab, like shoot, take a shot of it, yeah. send it to me. And then number two, I encourage this behavior. Um, don't tell people you know me. Mm-hmm. Like it could probably be, oh, I know that. Yeah, sure you do, whatever. Instead, say something like, this guy looks familiar. Isn't he the one that always talks about pine cones? And people will be like, what are you talking about? And you go, I bet my bar tab he's going to mention pine cone. Within like the next, you get the bartender to turn the sound up, you shoot me a text. And you say, I need, oh. I need pine cone. Like, you just whenever send him the get pine to cone it. emoji. He'll know yeah. what it means. I'll, yeah. make, I'll make a bet. We'll split it 50 50. I have won many a bar bet that way. The, the easiest one is um, the one I've, I've repeated numerous times is, oh, this guy loves Back to the Future. He always gets a Back to the Future reference in. The other guys at the bar are like, what are you talking about? And then I'll reference some historic, because within a broadcast, there's always room for a historical reference. And then, you know, you drop the Doc Brown or whatever it might be, the um, flux capacitor. And you, hey, we fire up the flux capacitor, go back to 1976, the last time a left-hander, you know, retired seven in a row, all with change-ups. And then, boom, your buddy's winning a bar tab. Wow. There you go. I'm going to use this. Wow. Yeah. I invite every, Well, whoever's listening that <laughs> yeah. has my number. Yeah. Please. Say, say the phone number. Yeah, yeah. In the intro, we'll give out the number and then just yeah. what phone yeah. Although, I just... just I know you're trying to get me to leave, but uh, <laughs> to put a cap on it, I have gotten texts from my boss saying, flux capacitor, huh? Did you just win somebody yeah. in her? <laughs> if it's anything too obscure. Yeah, he's kind of like, just just know that I'm listening. Don't go off the deep end. Yeah, yeah. Have you, what's the most ridiculous one you've gotten in there? Pinecone is pretty random. Pinecone is yeah. Random. Yeah. Yeah. If I say like Shakira, like you could, you could Oh, no, that. Shakira's easy. Yeah, that is easy. Yeah, because anybody does anything with their hips. Boom. Yeah, true. That's true. Dang. Yeah, but you, right. yeah, you're good, doing some good improv on that broadcast. I I practice my ad libs like every night. That's great. Yeah. What if I said, uh, do you think you could sneak in at Aaron Tuning? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have there, to pretend like he's sneezing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron Tuning. All right, all right, all right. For for you next time, yeah. All right, we'll see. Next next Georgia game, I see you pop up on. Love let's it. instead of a Georgia football game, let's do like a. On an Auburn baseball game, like let's let's start low and then build from yeah. there. Big Auburn. Guy. I'm an Auburn <laughs> Auburn Tiger alumnus. That was perfect. Yeah. So that's great. I very sad the, about I our basketball. Mm, yeah. Oh yeah. That makes sense. All right. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, well, how can we, our fans follow, become fans of you and follow your career? Are you oh, s- good question. Social media? Do you have? Do you want to just list all the games you have coming up? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do, whatever you want to share. You go through my calendar. Um, I am on Twitter at tom underscore heart. I'm on Instagram, but I don't know what it is. I should know that. But T O M H A R T and it'll pop up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I got a blue check mark and everything. I'm a real deal. That's a big yeah. deal. Yeah. Um, what was the thing you used to be on? Vine? Yeah, I'm on Vine. I'm big yeah. on Vine. Find me on Vine. I'm big on Vine. Cool, cool. Yeah. I even had Huge. to ask what it was. Yep. Uh, yeah, so I'm a, I'm a man it. of the people. Love it, love it. Um, Until you approach me at a funeral and tell me I mispronounced the guy's name. Yeah, don't don't talk to Tom at funerals, guys, no matter how many. That's what I learned. Yeah. Um, last question. What's your email sign-off? What do you put like right before your name in an email? Do you have a go-to? Yeah, I just, I just, I'm launching a partnership with an Italian clothing company, so I'm going with Chow these days. Chow? Yeah, I like that. I haven't heard that part, one yet. It's only partly true, but no. Do people? Are we? Am I supposed to have one of those? I feel like people. I don't. Have them. Uh, yeah, a lot of people go with best or just thanks. Some Cheers. people just do their name. Cheers. What's Cheers. your Amy. What's your phone conversation sign-off? All right. Talk to you soon. Hmm. Yeah, but that's usually a lie. Uh, it depends I, who you're talking to. A friend? Or just like, all right, see ya. Yeah, just click? Yeah. Hey. Not like the weird movie click where they just say what they need to say and click. And it's I, started, I, I started doing a, you know, hey, be good. Mm-hmm. And my wife hates it. She's like, that's so <laughs> ridiculous. I'm not even sure that's proper English. Be and good. condescending a little bit, like you're talking like, to your child. Yeah. Be good at school It's like today. you're leaving them with a babysitter. Be yeah. good. You better be good. Yeah. Yeah. Better not I'd get be a good. bad report. Yeah, email sign off. Don't be bad is a lot more. Can we get away from the people who have the the big text sign offs? Like the automatic, like, here's all my contact information. Oh, yeah, that's not good. Like, bro, no. That's an old person thing, I think. I think you're right. Yeah, I think I've mostly seen old people do that. Yeah. Where it has like their email address. It's like, we already have each other's phone numbers. I probably already have your email address. Yeah, like a big logo. I don't need a logo. Yeah. I know what I'm talking to. Before we go, can I just, uh, this might be less timely by the time this publishes but mm-hmm. what's your all's take on the uh, on the Oscars drama oh oh yeah um as a comedian I'm very much on Chris Rock's side of things were you watching I was How- we were watching live okay Anna and I were and um yeah it happened at first I thought it was fake yeah and was just like okay well that clearly that shouldn't have happened because I saw that Will Smith was laughing at first because they cut to him laughing mm-hmm. and then going up there but I mean, I think it was wild. I think is everybody involved is gonna help their careers. Oh yeah, Chris yeah. Rock already added a second show at the Fox here for his tour coming up. But he's yeah. gonna sell. He's gonna have he's gonna double this. his income from whatever tour he's got planned. Will Smith, maybe he'll get less movies, but probably not. He's made enough money. Just more, yeah. He's nuttier than a Snickers bar. He's anyway. gonna be fine. Yeah, there, uh, there was more a... people know who Jada is now than ever. That's true. There's a lot of people that didn't know who she was. Did you hear Chris Rock's Jada joke from like five years ago Mm-mm. that has resurfaced? It was good. Uh, when the Oscars So White boycott was happening, yeah. where Spike Lee, Jada were kind of the two that headed it up and they boycotted the Oscars, Chris Rock was hosting that year. And he said, um, Jada is boycotting the Oscars. It's kind of like if I boycott Rihanna's panties. Yeah. I wasn't invited. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and apparently she got upset about that. So I think yeah. there might be some kind of history we don't know about, but I don't I know. feel like um I don't know how often like you get confronted, you know, just by a heckler. What I'm sure it happens regularly, but I feel like Chris Rock had a ton of ammunition and he you could tell there was a hesitation. He kind of went like uh, 
like I think the line I think what would be fun is get a bunch of comedians to say what what would the line have been yeah but I think it would have been built off something like hold on a second you guys have an open relationship she slept with your son's friend but this is what you're upset about yeah like he could have just exposed everything and come back with like a a right cross that would have knocked him out. He showed tremendous restraint. Mm-hmm. I also think he was caught very off guard, but he's such a seasoned pro that if he... Wa- I think at one point, he kind of... Like when he said where he kind of caught himself, he kind of went, I could... Like he was about to say, I could... You you think that was a problem? I right. could talk yeah, yeah, about yeah. it. I mean... Yeah, if he was at a comedy club or not on live television, it would have been completely different. Somebody tweeted, uh, if that had been Dave Chappelle, we would still be listening to his four hours of Jada jokes. <laughs> you know, It would have never ended. He right. would have said, all right, well, this event is canceled. I am now doing two hours of material just about the two of you. Mm-hmm. And he would have... So I think it was a pro move of Chris Rock just to try to move on and bring the attention back to whoever, you know, Questlove won in the next award. Yeah, best documentary. Which was, <laughs> best documentary, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was wild. I, I think it was real. And, uh, it was for sure real. Yeah, I mean, all these Chris people, Rock is an okay actor. He's not that good of an actor. Yeah, like when he looks off, he was like, legit. What do I fostered. do? Yeah, like saying the yeah, saying like, it's the greatest moment in the history of television. You think? I mean, you think it was real, right? Yes. Yeah. I didn't originally. Oh, I, I thought so. And then once uh, Bubba Prog, who I don't know where he finds his stuff, found the Japanese version yeah. that was yeah. uncensored. Yeah. And you saw Will's reaction, like, okay, this this is real. This is real, real. Um, and then I was amazed at how crazy he was to try to pull that off, to react and lose his mind. The speech that he gave upon acceptance of his Academy Award and to be able to mold it to Richard Williams and what just happened. Is saying, like That was fantastic television, even mm, yeah. if it was all complete horse pucky. That was an incredible speech and great television. It yeah. was amazing television. It, and also, it was like the exact right amount of time between when it happened and when we knew he might be about to give a speech. Yes. And then it created that tension the whole time of like, what if he wins? And then he does win. Yeah. And then it's the speech and he's crying. And it was like, yeah, you couldn't have written it more dramatic than the way it turned out. Right. So, I mean, it was a win for Chris Rock, a win for Jada, probably a win for Will, and a huge win for the Oscars. So the only people that suffer are comedians that might get punched in the future. I think it's also a win for Denzel because Will shared something that Denzel said just off the cuff. You come up to a guy and you say, just just remember, the devil comes for you at your highest moments. Yeah, what a great... Like, well, who's got that line in their back pocket? I know. Also, Chris Rock's the devil? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little harsh. Yeah, it's, uh, it was wild. I don't. Everybody's freaking out on Twitter. Like, oh, comedians are gonna start getting punched. I'm like, yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't want it to happen. It's not the answer. But if I knew every award show came with some kind of slap or punch, I'd watch everything. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, hello, jackass. Yeah. And they made an entire. It's true. Yeah. Even if it was fake and we knew it was fake, I would still be like, let's see who's gonna punch you tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's getting slapped. Yeah. Well, yeah. I appreciate that so. perspective because two pros like yourself can. Tell me if my observations were on point. Yeah. Has that ever happened in your world? Anybody, especially being down on the sideline among all the fans, any drunk fans just ever scale come at the you? stadium, get into the booth? Mm. And- no, not necessarily. I've had to push a couple off. Um, I've had mascots, like we were doing an open on the floor one time at a college basketball game, and the mascot was running around behind us, and I didn't want him in the shot. And like a, a, a real mascot would know that. Like there's a, a line that you don't cross. Nobody would have this on tape, but I I delivered like this kind of right cross forearm shiver to him as I'm 
welcoming the audience, but before we go on camera, uh-huh. um, that was the Freddie the Falcon at Air Force. So I got him, I got him the f out of the way. I mean, he's yeah. a military guy too in there. Oh yeah, that guy can do way more sit ups than me. Yeah, that was yeah. brave of you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he's covered in feathers. Is that, is How much that your damage general can he do? Approach to the military. Is that what you think of? Yeah, servicemen and women. <laughs> Yeah, the representative of the entire Air Force. You're just like, get out of here. Listen, this is a gotcha podcast. I'm I trying think- to get you said about blooper, the military. <laughs> Are you vaccinated? I'm sure. <laughs> what, what we know is that if you have a problem with me, find me at a funeral. Yeah, that's when you're at your most vulnerable uh-huh. and approachable. Uh, that's a pretty tough line. Find me at a funeral so they don't have to pay for another one. That's you know right. what I mean? It's yeah. not like find me in Temecula. No, find me at a funeral. Yeah, it's open casket. It's always some extra room. There's gonna come be, on, come there's at me. gonna be two funerals: the one you interrupt me at, and the one that has to be planned for you very soon after. So sick, pretty sick line. That's, a, that's killer. All right, we should yeah. leave. We should All right, leave. ciao.